Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As usual, it is Drew here with Josh and Connor catching up on a wild week of Major League Soccer as teams make playoff pushes, teams fire coaches, and stuff just gets really weird in this league all the time, so we are here to catch you up on all of it. It's the fellas again with a soundboard this time, so Connor, with your sound, yeah! (laughs) So you get to deal with that. Uh, Welcome to the big leagues, folks. Sorry? Welcome to the big leagues, folks. We've made it. Yes, welcome to Big League. Fun fact, Big League is the name of my other podcast. So, shameless, shameless plug. Uh, If you want to check that out, we just got approved for a radio show. So, we'll be doing that on Spirit Live every Thursday at 3 o'clock. But my week has, my two weeks, because we didn't record last week, has been hectic. Um, Practicum is a lot. And we're filming in a couple, Mm. or we're probably going to start filming in a week. Um... A lot of Zoom stuff. We're doing a lot of stuff with minor hockey players in the OHL, CHL, et cetera. Um, but yeah, keeping very busy with that. Early morning this morning uh, for a doctor's appointment. So I am nice and tired. Uh, but we move. We move. Josh, how has the last two weeks been treating you? It's been interesting. Uh, it's been kind of busy for me. Uh, this week... It's been busy, not because of work. Um, we've, uh, the county that I teach in, they've had their fall break this week, so I haven't been teaching or anything. And I made the, you know, incorrect assumption that, oh yeah, it means I'll have, you know, plenty of time to do whatever, but I've stayed pretty busy nonetheless. Um, last weekend I went to a wedding over in Alabama for a good friend. So I got, uh, I got to see my friend get married and then I have another wedding tomorrow as we record this on Thursday night. So two weddings in one week is a lot. Uh, trying to think what else. I went to the driving range twice this week. I'll play golf tomorrow morning as well. So we got that going on. Went to the Atlanta United game on Wednesday night. Went to the Braves game on Tuesday night. Um, so it's been, I've been staying pretty busy with all that stuff. I just want to know, cause all your friends are getting married. When are you getting married? <laughs> Thanks, mom. Uh, no, that that is a very good question, Connor. Um, we'll report back to you later when I uh, have some when I have some leads in that area. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. Man, I, I got something in the works, I think, hopefully. <laughs> That's the best question I've ever asked. Drew, are you in the same boat? Are you getting married soon? No. Oh, no. Funny, no. Too young? 
Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> How has your two your two weeks been, Mr. Hubbard? Yeah, it's been it's been busy. Um football is rolling on. The Braves are currently winning five to two, so hopefully they will win the division as we are recording this. Uh what will Saturday I will be back covering a football game, Georgia and Arkansas. That should be a big deal. It's a noon kickoff, so I have to be there stupid early, so that's kind of frustrating. School is going. We're about at the midterm point, which is really freaking weird. I was looking at my syllabus today, and I realized next week I have a midterm exam, which feels like this semester started yesterday, um, but it means we're halfway there. It means about halfway through a semester until I graduate, less than three months now, so pretty nerve-wracking, but pretty exciting um but i feel like we should talk about this uh today there is a pretty big news drop that kind of ruined my whole day in the um nwsl world um some pretty big allegations against paul riley um and just other people in the nwsl that um was pretty horrific to read and that as someone who really likes the league and follows the league um that was a pretty big downer of the day just seeing that continue to happen in the sport Um, because this has been going on for a while with the Washington Spirit. Um, You have coaches getting fired and things like that. So that was a pretty big damper on the day uh, as Meg Linhan, the athletic, broke that story today. So that kind of caused soccer Twitter to be in a whirlwind. Um, But, yeah, it was a pretty rough Thursday, um, but the league will move. The league will move on. So we will see what happens in that as a lot of developments go on. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of a downer. But nonetheless, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, it's been pretty busy, but we're moving on. And yeah, October is here tomorrow. Next thing we know will be Thanksgiving. The season's almost over. Teams are making playoff pushes. And where that happens, we will see. Um, Your Thanksgiving is November, right? Yep. Third Thursday? My Thanksgiving is next weekend. Wow. Wow. That's wild coincides with my reading week does that mean the pilgrims got to canada a month earlier than the u.s wait i yeah what? it's from the pilgrims right so i have thanksgiving. I, don't know the, I don't know the history of thanksgiving i just know i get a weekend off which my school then combines into my reading week so that we get less time off when my sister's school does it in november so they get more time off they didn't teach you about thanksgiving in like elementary school i don't know if that's what they call it for you guys but no, we didn't really get history in elementary school. Uh, we aren't the Americans, as you would know. We are Canadians. If it makes you uh, feel better, we got incorrect history when we were in school. Like, definitely... If you want to call it history. Yeah, whitewashed, lots of lies. So, I think that might have happened to you as well. Well, uh, I think beginning, yes. But as we've gotten sort of further down the road, it's gotten better. But speaking of whitewashed, today is the uh, National Day of Remembrance for indigenous kids uh in canada obviously the residential school system we've talked about it a bit in the past um today was orange shirt day is what they call it so everybody's supposed to wear orange um but yeah so that was today the jays did something before their game which is still going on against the yankees uh i think it's supposed to be a day off potentially a day off i know students had to go to school uh that was a thing but yeah uh, today is the day to listen to First Nations people so that you understand everything that they had to go through uh, because Canada has a, shall we say, checkered past when it comes to 
our history and the treatment of Indigenous people. So we're starting off the podcast on a happy, positive note, and we're going to continue that happy, positive note into our first stories. But before we do that, we need to hear from our sponsors. Yes, before we start, a quick reminder about Manscaped's newest product, the Lawnmower 4.0, which is included in their performance package 4.0. The package includes the Weed Whacker, which is waterproof, so you can shave in the shower. And we have a special offer for our listeners. You can get the performance package 4.0 for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. Again, that is FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on Manscaped's performance package 4.0, which includes the Weed Whacker, for the Lawnmower 4.0. So highly encourage you guys to take advantage of that offer because it is an offer that, offer that only fan-sided podcast listeners do get so take advantage of that offer and start your week off on a good note but somebody who did not start their week on a good note fc cincinnati fired their head coach yop stom still know what the guy looks like after that graphic whole thing happening with cincinnati i'm never gonna forget that uh cincinnati eight games left in the season i don't think we have to illustrate how bad the team is but why now? There's eight games left in the season. There's nothing good going on. They have a freaking awesome stadium. This feels like a really weird time to fire a manager. So why in the world would Cincinnati wait until now to fire their manager? Should they wait in the offseason or should they have done it sooner? Well, it takes time to pursue Bob Bradley. So <laughs> they needed to... You should have put the laughing track on it. Okay, I'll put the laughing track on. Oh, that's the applause. That's the laughter track. There we go. We're getting there, folks. We're getting there. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Um, in all seriousness, no, Cincinnati season's over. Why keep him when you could see what you have in a potential assistant, which, if we're basing it off of the game on the weekend, is absolutely nothing uh, because they lost to Toronto FC, who are... Now, not bottom of the league. They're ahead of Cincinnati. Uh, but I think it's just probably to get a different look. Um, see what you have in an assistant before the offseason because it clearly wasn't working out. We've said it hasn't worked out for months at this point. Uh, so that's sort of where I stand on it. Josh, you probably have a differing opinion. It's stupid. It makes no sense for them to fire Stom right now because if you were going to fire him now, why didn't you fire him, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks. Like, are you telling me that Cincinnati thought, oh, you know, maybe maybe we still have a shot and that this was the last straw as if this wasn't a dead man walking for the last few weeks? So I don't know. I mean, it just just goes to show how poorly run this club is that they wait until now. Like, why why not just either let him finish out the season or why like why didn't they do it a few weeks ago? I do I understand, like, you know, it's embarrassing, whatever, to lose to Toronto. I, look. Yeah, Toronto's had a horrible season. They're not a bad team. They're not. They're not. Man, a, did you not, see? Did you see their starting lineup? I did not. Did they finally it play was the kids? Kind of. Well, they didn't really have a choice because they had ten injuries. They had ten injuries. Like no Chris Mavenga. They had uh, Kamar Lawrence starting at center back. <laughs> okay, that was Aro crazy. Lor- yeah, Alvaro Lorea 
in at fullbacks, Omar Gonzalez as a center back, Bono and goal. They had Bradley Delgado Osorio, so that was a pretty strong midfield. Uh, and the attack was Schaffelberg, Achara, Siteldo. I mean, I, look, yeah, it's not Toronto's A team, but that's a still that's still a, a fairly talented team. I mean, it's at least more talented than Cincinnati. So what do they expect? Um, overall, overall, I mean, because yes, yeah, Cincinnati has a good attacking lineup on paper, but they still have trouble scoring sometimes. And to top it all off, I mean, the defense is just, you, you know, you guys have seen that picture of that car. That's like a, a Ferrari in the front and then like a Camry in the middle and then like a piece of crap, like 70s sedan in the back, right? That's like the attack midfield defense. Okay. That's Cincinnati. Or you've seen that drawing of a horse that starts off really good and then like just becomes like, come on. I don't deserve that. <laughs> I, All right, whatever. I Moving haven't on. heard of it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Well, Maybe it's a millennials thing. No, first of all, I'm not a millennial. So <laughs> let's get that straight. Second of all, it is a very common thing. Drew knows what I'm talking about just because he's not saying I it. Do. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. a very common thing. Oh. All right, uh, but anyway, I was joining on just a little bit to be fair. Um, my point is that's Cincinnati, right? The great attack, kind of weird midfield and terrible defense, uh, especially horrible goalkeeping, by the way. Just atrocious. So... It's not really surprising to me that they lost to Toronto, no matter how tough of a season Toronto has had, no matter you know what kind of lineup they roll out. So to me, it just doesn't make much sense. Um, and I I don't know. Pe- people have been talking about Stom getting fired for a while now. And also, at the end of the day, it's not his fault. He inherited this bad team that you know they kind of did some patchwork to try and make better by spending tons of money. But even then, they spent a lot of money on... Uh, like a player like Brenner, who's just now trying, he's just now finding his form in the league. It's taken all season, and now you fire his coach. So maybe things will turn around. They've got some possible, uh, some some possible hirings coming up. The biggest one, and this seems all but done. Philadelphia Union technical director Chris Albright has reportedly agreed to become the new Cincinnati general manager. That's been reported by the Athletics, so that's a big deal. Uh, before we move on to the possible coach, what are your guys' thoughts on that, on bringing Albright over? I think it's – I like it. I'm a fan of it. Uh, nothing good has been going on in Cincinnati, and Philadelphia has seemed to be always there, always pretty successful, obviously winning a supporter shield, not too shabby. So I'm a big fan of it. I think sticking in the league is very useful in this situation. Uh, you saw it kind of with Atlanta when they hired their manager from Seattle. So – I think it's a good move. Philadelphia's been successful, um, especially when you talk about Philadelphia. You have to talk about that homegrown system, and Cincinnati. I go. I get they're a young team, but you don't really hear of any homegrown signings coming through Cincinnati system. So obviously, one guy can't change the whole system overnight. But if he can bring any ounce of that homegrown esque feel to the organization, try to get some talent in Cincinnati and in Ohio. I'm especially in that area with Louisville. Not being too far away, there has to be some really good young players in the market that he can get through the academy and develop and possibly use his first-team potential. So I'm a big fan of it. Nothing's going right for Cincinnati right now. So if you can get a guy who's succeeded at this level with an organization over years and years doing it in different ways, I think that can only mean good things because Cincinnati has shown that they're not afraid to spend money. It's not like he's walking into a team that is stingy with their wallet. Cincinnati's front office has been willing to spend money. It's just not spending the money in wise 
purposes in, in wise ways. So he's coming to a team where he has a pretty open wallet, and if he can do that with some homegrown ability, I think hopefully he can help Cincinnati not be what it is right now. So I'm a big fan of it. Connor, what do you think about this move for Cincinnati, getting Chris Albright from Philadelphia? I say everything you just said, uh, and we'll add that he has a tough road ahead of him because that organization is a tire fire and he's got a lot of work to do on that back back line and, uh, that defensive midfield, uh, especially. So here's my thing with the Albright hiring. I I don't know that it makes a ton of sense because like Drew said, you know, he comes from the Philadelphia background where they've done a really good job of, of producing Academy talent, signing homegrowns. All right, so let's say he wants to do that for Cincinnati, right? The fastest that they can see success from that is maybe three years, right? It took a while for Philadelphia to get going with the homegrown thing. This is only a recent development in maybe the last two or three years. Um, And I don't know how long Albright was there before Philadelphia started reaping the rewards, but I I don't know why Cincinnati's going. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not bringing him in to like revamp their homegrown in their academy system. But I don't see how that's such a smart thing because it's going to take so long. And if I'm a Cincy fan, you know, having a new stadium is nice. Bringing in players like Brenner and Lucho Costa is nice. But I am tired of being the worst team in the league. I mean, three years in a row. Because they're they're probably going to get the wooden spoon at this point. I think Toronto, by trying to beat Cincinnati with a B team, maybe a C team, has shown that they're not wanting to be the wooden spoon winners this year. So let's assume it's going to be Cincinnati. That's three seasons in a row, and that's all their fans have ever known is just being last in the league. And all they all the league has done is add teams in the meanwhile. So I don't really get that. And then on top of that, they are they don't have any more of that uh, expansion team allocation money. Because remember, expansion teams get that extra money to start. Cincinnati has burned right through that. So it's not like they can go out. And, and you know, yes, they can spend a lot on DPs, but like Drew said, the track record of that is not great. And then on top of that, we've seen that true success in this league is defined by how you build out your roster. It's not just hitting your DPs because you can have good DPs, but if the rest of the team is crap, then it doesn't matter. So I have a feeling Cincinnati is going to be bad for a while, guys, like way longer. I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs in the next couple of years. It is MLS. You never know what can happen, but I'm very concerned. I don't know that hiring Albright is necessarily going to fix that issue. I will say Cincinnati has only known losing in MLS because these fans have been with the team with the USL days when they were really good. I don't know how many championships they won in the USL. So we're getting these fans and saying, come up to the ML- come up to MLS, suck for a while. And then if you make this move and like you say with the homegrown thing, you're going to suck even longer. So this is a fan base that went from winning, winning, winning to losing and being the worst team in the league. And if they if he does the homegrown route, it's, You've waited three seasons now. You've been horrible. It doesn't look like any progress has been made, and you're going to have to wait some more. So this is going to be really tough for Cincinnati. Maybe they will maybe they buy in. Maybe he's not doing the homegrown thing, which, like you said, if he's not doing it, then this kind of is really confusing because this seems like two clashing tendencies and two clashing strategies of building a club meeting. So these fans have been through a lot after being really freaking good in USL. And if you have to wait in much longer, not too good. But the good thing is, though, they have a sick stadium. That's good, but that's about it. So, bumpy times in Cincinnati, but they're bumpy in a good stadium. 
let's move from one terrible team to another terrible team who also fired their coach, who also's first or city name starts with a C. No, not the Columbus crew who just won Campione's Cup. Chicago Fire. Fired, finally, Raphael Vicky. Six games left in the season. Obviously, they weren't going to renew his contract, which was expiring. Uh, he just wanted to go see family in Europe. Understandable. We're in the pandemic. Probably hasn't seen them in a long time. But what are your guys' thoughts on this? Do you think this is the right thing to do for Chicago? Or do you think waiting out the rest of the season would have been smart, similar to Josh, how you see Cincinnati, that whole situation? Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's different in that he wanted to go home and see his family in Europe. And once they let him know, hey, we're not renewing your contract, it was kind of like, okay, well, then I, I want to go ahead and leave now. Um, which is why, you know, it's definitely a different situation than Yapstam. Which, by the way, the reason why we know this is because Chicago held a press conference this morning explaining why they let go of Vicky. Cincinnati has yet to say anything to the press other than putting out a statement about firing Yapstam. So if that gives you any indication about how that franchise has been run so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the right move. Chicago have not done anything in a long time. Uh, they've gone 10 of 12 years missing the playoffs. That is rough. That's a rough stretch of time. And they've spent money too. Like, it's not like they haven't tried, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's missing in Chicago, to be honest with you. They, maybe they're not bringing in the best talent, but it's not like they're bringing in bad players. They're not a terrible team. Um, I will go ahead and say that, you know, before the season started, I was a little higher on Chicago than you guys because their underlying numbers from last season were pretty good. And I was expecting them to figure out how to not make stupid decisions at the end of games that led to, you know, bad goals and blown leads, but they never really got going this season. So, I mean, it's rough for Vicky. It's rough for Chicago. They've been going through a lot the last couple of years with ownership change and stadium change, uh, three crests in the span of, I think three seasons. Now it's going to be four seasons. So, Maybe next year can kind of be a a new start for them with a new coach. Um, I think uh, it was Taylor Twelman who mentioned Bob Bradley did a good job in Chicago back in the day. So maybe he'll end up in Chicago instead of Toronto. Who knows? Uh, but it's going to be really interesting, I think. Uh, and they're going to have to get this uh, head coach hiring right or else they're in trouble uh, going forward. And I think they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to get better about their signings as well because it's just not good enough. Drew, what are your thoughts on Chicago firing Vicky? Yeah, I think the club's transparency in this situation I thought was really well handled in a club that we mentioned the logos and the crest. Really, the club hasn't done anything right, it feels like, lately. But being transparent and saying he wanted to go home to Europe kind of sheds a more positive tone on this. And when he did find out, he... Was it going to be a renewed contract? I mean, I think everyone realizes the fire season is over. Um, so it seems more of a decision on his part rather than the fire. Um, and I think that, like, we might even mention this before the podcast. This gives an opportunity to see what some interims can do. I'm not sure who their interim is or what that situation is for their last 
or how many games they have left? Last six games. Uh, after beating NYCFC 2-0 yesterday and drawing with Nashville on Sunday, so a pretty decent two-game stretch. So I think this seems very mutual. He wanted to go see family, the club, maybe has a chance now to see what some interims can do as they begin their coaching search. And because they have a really tough road ahead, they have Toronto, unfortunately. That isn't a tough game. Uh, they have the Revolution, Cincinnati, RSL, NYCFC, and Columbus in the season. So this gives an opportunity for Vicky to go see family, gives the fire a chance to play around with some interim managers, uh, see what some other guys on the coaching staff have to offer. And so I think it's it seems very mutual. It doesn't seem as crazy and hectic as a Cincinnati firing does. This seems very mutual. And we'll see what happens to Chicago. They have nothing to lose, and they play some pretty good teams. So if the interim coach gets some things right, presses the right buttons, maybe he'll get a shot at a full-time gig starting next season. So, Connor, what do you think about Chicago? Is there anything they can take away from this season with six games left and clearly not in the playoff picture? I think it just made sense at this point. You let what happens happen. Uh, you got to do what's best for him, and obviously he's not going to have his contract renewed, so best-case scenario for him was going back and seeing family, and you completely understand that in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I don't really have many more thoughts on that. What I did find interesting, though, and Josh threw this in the doc, so I'm not going to take the credit for it, uh, but since January 1st, 2020, 13 coaches, all foreign, without previous pro coaching experience in the U.S. or Canada, have held MLS head coaching jobs. Only one of them has a winning record during that time, that one being Ronnie Dyla uh, with NYCFC. If you are an international coming to MLS, good luck, because, wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't realize it was that bad. There are currently uh, also three GM openings in Cincinnati, San Jose, Houston, and I'm going to add a fourth there. I think probably TFC, too. Uh because I don't see how they could keep Allie Curtis around, uh, but that's just my personal opinion, as well as six head coaching openings um, with Cincinnati, Dallas, Chicago, Vancouver, Toronto, and we'll add RSL, but they kind of, they're a more unique situation because they had their head coach stolen. Um, but I thought that was an interesting note. I don't know if either of you have anything you want to add to that after I stole Josh's fact, uh, but... Anything? Not for me. No? All right. Then we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these ads. And we're back. Time to talk uh, some MLS games, some MLS action. Uh, We've been gone for a couple weeks now, but just in the last week alone, we had games over the weekend. And um, every single MLS team played last night on Wednesday night, including... Columbus Crew, who, as Connor mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, won Campionis Cup, so congratulations to them. They ended up getting a trophy this season after all, boys, uh, even if it wasn't any of the trophies that them or any person watching MLS expected. But they got one nonetheless. Beat, uh, who they play? Cruz Azul 2-0, so congratulations to them. Second MLS team to win Campionis Cup now. Uh, but on to the MLS league action. Uh, we're just gonna, we'll do something similar to what we did on our last episode where we're talking about uh, some specific teams and just kind of how they've been doing. First one we're going to talk about is we all Salt Lake 
who are now fifth in the playoff standings. They, oh, I did not put the uh, the points in the dock. So they have 39 points right now in fifth. They are five points clear of the playoff line. That's Vancouver with 34. So there's a little bit of a gap now, which is interesting. RSL have kind of had a, a weird run of games right now. They have won three of the last four, though they did get absolutely smacked 6-1 by Portland on Saturday. But last night, they did beat the LA Galaxy 2-1 thanks to an amazing uh, stoppage time winner from Anderson Julio, which I hope wins goal of the week because it was just glorious. Uh, But what are your guys' thoughts on RSL? Uh, I don't remember if we asked if they could make the playoffs last time. I think they were kind kind of on the outskirts looking in. But they kind of have a bit of a gap opened up right now. They've got seven games left in the season. Like I said, five points above Vancouver. Do you guys think they can make the playoffs? And a question that I put in the doc, should interim coach Pablo Mastroni keep the job with what he's done since Freddie War has left for Seattle? I think he... Okay, so I'll tackle the playoff thing first. I think they will make the playoffs. Um, however, right before they beat the Galaxy 2-1, they also got shellacked by Portland 6-1. to but then they beat Seattle, so who the heck knows what's going on with this team. But I do think that with the, we'll make the playoffs. I think there is a big enough gap. Um, and then if they hit it right toward the end of the season, they have some pretty favorable opponents, Austin, RSL. I mean, Austin, Colorado, Chicago, Dallas, San Jose, and then Portland, SKC. So I think they will make the playoffs. As far as keeping... The manager, Mastroni, I think they should because this guy has experience in MLS. He was a manager with Colorado for a couple years there. And if you do a quick little wiki research on him, because that is how far our research goes here on the MLS Multiplex podcast, um, he had a pretty rough start with Colorado. I think they finished pretty close to the bottom half of the table a couple years while he was there. But then in 2017... Right. Uh, he led him to the Western Conference Finals where they lost to Seattle 3-1 as Connor loves the 2017 MLS season because we know what happened to Seattle that next game. So took him a couple seasons with Colorado, but he led him to a pretty solid season getting to the Western Conference Finals. And, yeah, that was his last season. Uh, the Rapids hired a new coach, Anthony Hudson, who was the former manager of New Zealand. So I think they showed he has experience in the league. I think he won, even won MLS Cup as a player with the Rapids so between that, um, he has experience with the club itself, these players. And we showed in Colorado that it might take him a couple of years, but he can definitely get the job done. Um, so I think he can with RSL. So I think they should keep him, and I think they will finish in the playoffs. Connor, what do you think about RSL? Are they going to make the playoffs? They're kind of building a little bit of a comfortable gap here uh, between themselves and that playoff line. I think I have to start talking before you because you took every single point I was going to say. Um Okay, fine. <laughs> Can we make this like PTI? Do you have like the points thing? The what? Do you know do you know what the show is? Pardon the interruption on ESPN. You don't know what that is, do you? I know the name. I don't think I have it. I only have the okay. stuff that was automatically in here. Um, Wait, are you talking about the point system? That's an around the horn. Is that a Crap. horn? I got this. Uh, <laughs> dang it. I got my... No, <laughs> I got my sports shows mixed up. I apologize to ESPN. <laughs> yes, it is around the horn. <laughs> That's going to be the sole reason you don't get hired um, by them yeah. in the future. But in terms of RSL, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think uh, Mastroni 
soup should also. <laughs> no, boo! That I'm deserves not a boo. The only one. It sounds like an item I would order at Olive Garden. <laughs> minestrone soup is the actual thing, uh, but minestrone soup, I think, makes sense too. Uh, I think he should keep his job with what he's done with RSL, given the situation he was put in. I'd give him more time and look at the beginning of the season. I saw RSL as a bottom of the table team and I think most of us did. Uh, so the fact that they're even in the playoffs and making a fair amount of noise, I think he deserves to keep his job. Let's shift though. Unless Josh, do you have anything you want to add to RSL? Yeah, I'm not so sure that he should keep the job. Um, and that's just a personal thing for me. I, I've never been a fan of interim coaches getting the head coaching job. Um, I guess the only exception is Nate McMillan <laughs> with the Atlanta Hawks because the dude took him all the way to the uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. But even then, like I don't know, just something something with me personally. I feel like I've never seen an interim coach that's won the job and then been successful after that. So who knows? I mean, maybe I'll get proved wrong by McMillan and Mastroni, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm personally, I'm not super confident about RSL making the playoffs. The only thing that I think is saving them is when I look at the teams below the playoff line, I don't, I can't picture any of them jumping RSL and the fact that the LA galaxy are just below our RSL as well. And just lost them last night. I'm not feeling great about the galaxy jumping real salt Lake either. So I guess just by default, they're going to make the playoffs, but I mean, I, I guess we'll see. still not feeling great about them. I could definitely see them, losing their first round matchup, whoever it's against. Um, But speaking of LA Galaxy, they're in trouble right now. They have not been doing too well recently. As I said, they're now sixth in the playoff standings. They are one point behind RSL. They are only four points clear of Vancouver, which is not the worst situation to be in. However, they haven't won an MLS game in a month and a half since August 14th against Minnesota. They are winless in eight. They've lost three in a row. A few of those games were draws in that eight-game stretch. So the biggest question for the Galaxy is, are these guys in danger of missing the playoffs? Because for a while there over the summer, there was some talk about Vandy being a potential manager of the year. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's done a good job trying to turn around the Galaxy. But at the same time, this is a really bad stretch to be in. And if I remember correctly, their schedule is not going to get that much easier. I know they've got El Trafico coming up this weekend, but... Connor, looks like you've got something to say. Are, are the Galaxy in danger? Should the fans be worried about them making the playoffs? What, what do you think about it? I don't have something to say. I have something to push. That's supposed to be scary, uh, but <laughs> I'd be terrified if I were an LA Galaxy fan. You are free-falling. You haven't won a game in a month and a half? That is terrifying and very, very worrisome. Um, I would be freaking out <laughs> if I were a Galaxy fan. Um, I've, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. Vancouver are surging. Ryan Gold has been an unbelievable addition to them. Um, and yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to hold uh, based on how poorly they've been playing and the re- fact that they haven't been getting results. So yeah, I'm, I'd be very, very worried if I were a Galaxy fan. So just to kind of paint the picture a little bit here, this is their 
upcoming schedule, right? They've got seven games left in the season. They've got LAFC at home this weekend, which we know, despite LAFC struggles this year, it's El Trafico. It's going to be a crazy game regardless. They've got Portland after that. And I didn't put it in the dock, but Portland are all of a sudden up in, was it fourth now? And they have 43 points, so they are comfortably in that top four. They're kind of up there with uh, Rapids, SKC, and Seattle now. So they're probably safe to make the playoffs at this point. So we know that's not going to be an easy game. And then to end the season, in the last three games, the Galaxy have to go on the road to Kansas City, on the road to Seattle, and then they finish up the season at home against Minnesota. So their schedule is not very easy. They do have games against Houston and Dallas in the middle there. Um, and that makes up the rest of their schedule. Drew, knowing that that's their schedule the rest of the season, do you think they can make the playoffs? Or like Connor, do you think their fans should be worried? Their fans should be very worried. I do not think they will make the playoffs because, like you mentioned, their schedule, that last three is pretty difficult. Get thrown in El Trafico, who the heck knows? Portland, good team. Houston, not so much. Dallas, not so much. And then it gets into a tough whirlwind there to end it. But I think if you look at their recent results, right, they've just been letting in so many goals. You let two against RSL, two against Austin, three against Minnesota. Got a decent game against Houston and Colorado, but you let three in against LAFC, two against San Jose, two Colorado. So the team just is allowing a lot of goals. They have allowed 44 goals this season. That is more, that's tied for the most of any team in the Western Conference that's still in the playoff race. Them and Portland have allowed 44 goals. And a lot of those on Portland's side are coming off that slacking against Seattle where they let in six, I think. It was six to two, something like that. So the defense has just not been there, and you're asking a lot of your goal scorers to come up to kind of make up for that. And that currently, if they were in the Eastern Conference, that would be more than any other Eastern Conference playoff team has allowed. So their defense has been really shaky. And when you play teams like this at the end that score a lot of goals, um, SKC has scored 47. That leads the Western Conference, and that is the team you end with. That's a really bad recipe there. So I think it's – I don't know if it's going to come down to decision day. I think they might collapse before then, especially if El Trafico doesn't bounce their way. But I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think the defense is too shaky. And then that little stretch there to end it against really good teams, it's not helping them at all. So I do not think they'll make the playoffs, which is pretty sad given the fact that they were, what, it's second in the Western Conference at one point. They were in second. Chicharito was balling. He was, you know, MLS Comeback Player of the Year, MVP. Everything was going good for LA and the Galaxy. And now it's just falling apart. LAFC is starting to turn it back on. The Galaxy are collapsing. Our pets' heads are falling off. It's been a rough season for the Galaxy to end it here. Did any of you guys catch that? I heard you say our pets' heads are falling off, and I don't get the reference. Aw. Dumb and Dumber, right? I think. Is that from Dumb and Dumber? I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't seen the movie in enough, recently enough to get the reference. What is dumb here. and dumber is Orlando City, who is now in seventh place, only two points above the playoff line. What was even more dumb... What are you doing, Josh? I think LA Galaxy are going to make I the thought playoffs, you win. I get so confused as to who has gone or not. I feel like I'm calling on <laughs> students in class. Okay, why... Okay, you have another bad take. <laughs> See, no, the thing yourself. is, Drew just doesn't care oh about Josh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's you know ever since he said Drew, the New England take, uh, 
diehard New England oh, fan. Oh, no. Come on. Drew wasn't even a fan at that I've point. Right? He became a fan day. after I made the <laughs> The only reason I'm a New England fan is because of Josh. <laughs> Um, no, I, I have no real rational reason to think the Galaxy are going to make the playoffs. I just I just think they will. Um, I think because it's a Greg Vanny team, and he, I mean, dude knows how to win an MLS. He put together a great run in Toronto, and although... He knows how to win, but he also really knows how to lose. How many years did Toronto go without making the playoffs under Greg Vanny? I think it was two. So his first two years, they didn't make the playoffs at all under no, him? No, his first year, and then 2018, they didn't make it because they basically got oh, hit. Right. Like oh, right. Yeah, every single that. player had their legs shattered. Uh, it's like they upset the mafia or something. Um, <laughs> Man, I forgot about that Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was not a fun season. Uh, and then last season, they were decent, but they did struggle at points. Um but he does know how to lose. He very knows how to lose based on 2018, especially with an aging roster. Well, we will see. Um, like I said, no real reason uh, for, for me to think that the Galaxy will make the playoffs, but that's just what my gut is telling me. But anyway, speaking of dumb and dumber, Drew, <laughs> who were you talking about? I think you mentioned Orlando. Orlando they're also, City. They're also another team who used to be second in their conference. That's true. L- like a week, like a week and a half ago, like two weeks ago, they were second. LA Galaxy dumb, Orlando City dumber, both <laughs> are holding on for their playoff lives. The only thing that's dumber than these teams is how the heck Orlando City drew against Nashville. Thank you, Brian Anunga. But nonetheless, Orlando City drew two two against Nashville. They're winless in their last five, four losses before their draw against Nashville. Another team, another will they make the playoff fiasco. They're currently in seventh, two points ahead of Montreal, the foot. They're tied with Atlanta United on points in that sixth-place spot. Looking pretty bumpy for Orlando City. The tide's a flip between them and Atlanta United. Josh, what do you think has gone wrong for Orlando City in this free fall, and are they going to hold on to make the playoffs? Remember... Just the, I think on our last episode or the episode before that, I was the one who said Orlando would not make the playoffs. And I stand by that. I stand by that because at the time they were kind of struggling, but they weren't like struggling, struggling, which they are now. Um, and I can't tell if it's more so Nashville messing it up or Orlando like showing some grit and some fight to come back. Um, I'm going to take Nashville messing it up since it was on the road. But... Yeah, I stand by it. I, I don't think Orlando is going to make the playoffs. They just, they're not necessarily in free fall right now, but I can't, it's just, it feels like something's gone wrong with that team. And and that's how I felt, um, which game was it? I guess it was after the Atlanta game. Um, oh, they had those red cards against uh, Montreal when Nani got the double yellow in 30 minutes, and then uh, they had another player sent off before the game ended. And ever since then, I mean, that's just, you know, Red cards, red flags, I mean, you name it. That's a that's a problem right there. Um, I'm trying to pull up Orlando's schedule because I want to see kind of how the rest of the season it's, goes. All right, Connor, take it away. They got D.C. United this weekend. Then they got Cincinnati. That's a guaranteed win. Then they got Montreal, New England, Columbus, Nashville, Montreal again. That's like one non-playoff team and five playoff teams. Because I'd argue Columbus 
if they didn't have injuries, would be a playoff team. I don't think Orlando does it either. I can't see them doing it. I think I think Montreal will pass them, personally. Hey, look, Columbus are not out of it yet either. Yeah, exactly. There are still seven games for them left, and they're only five points behind Orlando, and if they're facing off head-to-head, then you know Columbus is going to be up for it. So I agree. I mean, it's not an easy schedule for Orlando going forward, so um, it's definitely going to be tough for them. And again, they, they, they something is, is going very wrong, and it's not something that you can just, you know, you can't right the ship super fast. Um, Drew, anything to add about Orlando? Do you think they're in trouble? Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Um, side note, Braves are a strike away from going back to the playoffs. And I'm freaking out right now because it's really close. But anyway, Drew, Orlando. Yes, Orlando City. Um, well, they, they did it! <laughs> yes! Four in a row. Holy crap. Four in Will a row. Smith, baby. Three up, three down. Let's go. The Atlanta Braves are your anyway. NL East <laughs> champions. But yes, Orlando Orlando City. Uh, yeah, will they make the playoffs? That is a big negative, Captain, uh, because I think they're rough schedule to end the season. Oh, ooh, ooh, oh. Man, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, my goodness. They end the season with Montreal. Am I reading that correctly? That is going to be that's going to be the decider right there. Who wins between Montreal and Orlando City? I think this is going to be the decision day game to watch. It's going to be in Montreal. Montreal is going to be throwing everything they got out of Orlando City. They get the Orlando City twice in the last in the past like two months here. So I think those are going to be really big games. One is in Orlando. One is in Montreal. I think it's going to come down to that decision day. And it's in Montreal, which we know how hard it is to win an MLS on the road. So I think they will not make the playoffs. I think Montreal is going to be fighting, scrapping, clawing to get in the playoffs. And having that last game at home, that crowd's going to be nuts. And yeah, like we've said, they've had some just things not bounce their way. They had a lucky bounce against Nashville. But maybe that's the start of something, but I don't think it is the start of anything. I think they are going to... Continue this free fall, and it's going to be down to decision day. And when you're on the road, MLS, anything can happen. So I think that last home, that last game on the road against Montreal in Canada is going to be the one that knocks them out. So I don't think they are going to make the playoffs. Uh, Connor, you've had your – you like Montreal. You've had a pretty good take about them so far in this playoff race. Is Montreal going to make it, or is Orlando City going to stay in there? I think Montreal is going to make it. Uh... I like Montreal as a team. I think they have depth to survive well. Um, yeah, I just I can't see Orlando doing it. I think they're falling too much, um, and they just they've put themselves in such a bad position that I can't see them pull, so I can't see them pulling out of it at this point. If they win against Montreal on the twentieth, I think they will make it. But it's going to be a very, very difficult road uh, for them. They aren't the only team who have a very interesting potential playoff, uh, I guess, implications. The Eastern Conference is unbelievably tight. DC United are on 40 points. Then, NYCFC, Philadelphia Union, Atlanta United, and Orlando are all tied on 39 with Montreal sitting at 37. 
I want to know right here, right now, which of those, I guess, four teams are going to make the playoffs? I mean, you know my stance. It's all of them except Orlando. So, you know, by that logic, I'm going to say Montreal gets in over Orlando. I will. Uh, I think DC at this point is cemented a spot. I'm going to include Columbus in this as well because they're still, I'd say, in the picture. I, I don't think Columbus is going to make it. I, I think they'll still fight, and maybe they can build off some momentum after getting Campionas Cup. Um, is doing that in front of their home fans is a big deal as well in that new stadium. But I don't think they'll have enough. I think they're too big of a hole. And, you know, to be quite fi- – well, now hold on a second. All right, so D.C., Philadelphia, and Atlanta are – they're riding some good momentum right now. They're in a good spot heading into this last little stretch of the season. NYCFC are struggling just a little bit. We haven't talked about it very much, but they are in a very rough patch right now. Um, they were they were kind of running away with things a couple weeks ago, but not so much anymore. And then obviously we've talked about Orlando. Montreal is hanging in there. I still think NYCFC is going to make it. I think they're just too talented not to. And I, like I said, I don't think Orlando is going to make it. So by, excuse me, by default, that means Montreal is going to get in for me personally. Uh, but like I said, I think Columbus might make a run, but it's not going to be enough for them. I think they're in too big a hole. Drew, what about you? Out of, so we're going from Columbus to Philadelphia. Is that the, that, those are the lines? Columbus to DC, which teams are not making the playoffs out of them? Sure, that's probably easier than saying which ones will. I think Orlando and Columbus are going to be the two left out. I think Columbus has dug too deep of a hole. I think Campionis Cup is going to be the only thing they get out of the season. Orlando City is free-falling. Columbus has a pretty kind of tough stretch here. Philadelphia. Uh, wow, Orlando City is no favors. This Eastern Conference is about to get wild. Columbus and Orlando City play toward the end of the season. But I think Columbus and Orlando City are going to be the two left out of this playoff picture. All right, and let's go to the West. We've sort of discussed, we haven't really discussed the sort of teams on the bubble uh, very much, but it is still kind of close. Um, I'm just pulling up the table now to get the exact locations. But Minnesota are sitting at 37 points in the seventh playoff spot. Below them, Vancouver sitting at 34, and LAFC and San Jose are sitting tied with 33. With LA Galaxy free-falling, do you see one of Vancouver, LAFC, or San Jose making the playoffs? And if so, how many? And which teams? Don't forget about Minnesota either. They're still in seventh, and they're only three points ahead of Vancouver. Um, I am not convinced that Minnesota is going to be that team in the seventh spot. Uh, I just got done saying that I think the Galaxy will make it, so I can't necessarily say they won't. And it's still a little too early, but RSL, again, they kind of have that cushion up there in fifth. I could definitely see Vancouver making it instead of Man instead of Minnesota. Um, however, LAFC, they're not a bad team. They're not a good team, and they've had a really rough year, but at the end of the day, on paper, they're not a bad team. So I definitely think they could kind of, could maybe go on a run and do something here, but 
I don't know. I kind of like the way things look. Uh, I think I would include Vancouver as the team making it and Minnesota as the team out. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if LA, LAFC kind of snuck in. Interesting. I, I could see LAFC doing it. I could see Vancouver doing it. I could honestly see um, both Vancouver and LAFC making it with LA Galaxy Minnesota falling out. Um, maybe even RSL falling out too, potentially. Uh, because they're not, yeah, they're, they're definitely not safe. Yeah, they're yet. not even close to safe. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see sort of the end of this season, uh, as the playoffs get even, even closer, uh, with only a handful, just over a handful of games left this year. But before we jump to the future, uh, unless drew, you have any opinion on the Western conference and who you think will make it. I think who do I think is gonna make the playoffs? That's a great question. I think it's gonna be Minnesota and LAFC. I think we're the last two teams to sneak in. I don't think the Galaxy or Vancouver are going to make it in the playoffs. So my reign of prediction out of nowhere, I think Vancouver is gonna collapse. They've had a good end of the season, but don't think it's gonna be good enough to push them over. I think the Galaxy are on a free fall and I think it's gonna keep going. Um, that El Trafico is going to be a big deal. And at the end of the day, picking against LAFC just doesn't seem smart so that any instant they can just snap their fingers, their talent can show back up, and I think that's going to happen and push them into the playoffs. So I think LAFC and Minnesota are going to make those last two playoff spots in the Western Conference. All right, before we look at the games this weekend that we want to pick, let's take a look at the past week. Because we love take, like taking a look at the past week. It's the only thing we do on this podcast. What are your goals of the week? Because this week had some interesting goals, but nothing, I'd say, unbelievably superb apart from Josh's pick and maybe my pick. No, I think all of our picks are pretty good. I don't know about Drew's, but okay. Did you it see that goal? I think so. I think I saw it. It was pretty okay. good. Well, Drew, which goal did you go with? I went with Daniel Shallowy's goal versus FC Dallas. It was a good goal, if I'm remembering right. It was outside the box, right-footed, kind of curled. It was solid. It was good. He's been a man on a mission. 3-1 win against FC Dallas. Good goal. Big fan. I went with that one. Connor, who did you go, or what did you go with for your goal of the week? And was it another goal where he accidentally scored with his face? No, Dang. although it would have been even more impressive if he'd scored from that distance with his face. Uh, I went with Jesse Zardes's banger of a curler. Uh, I was shocked that Josh didn't pick this one. I figured I would get the his pick, um, but just a gorgeous curl. Uh, loved that shot. Really showed his ability uh, after a pretty tough season, a season that's been pretty quiet for Zardes, so it was good to see him get something, a big positive moment uh, this year. Uh, but Josh, which one did you go with that I thought I was going to end up with? I, thankfully, I got into the dock first because I we haven't figured out who's going to win goal of the week yet. I don't think it's been announced. I think it's going to get announced tomorrow. Um, but I think it's going to be this one. It was Anderson Julio's stoppage time game winner against LA Galaxy for RSL. Uh, just a brilliant, I mean, he got the ball out in space, took a huge touch over a Galaxy defender, and then put it away. I think it was on a half volley, if I remember correctly. 
um, from either the edge of the box or outside the box. So it was, it was like, I mean, if you're a kid growing up playing soccer, it's a kind of goal you dream of scoring, right? Like a stoppage time banger, like great solo effort. So great job by Anderson Julio, who he's gotten a little hot for RSL lately, by the way, he's definitely started to produce for them. So good for him. Good for RSL. Like we said, they're definitely kind of starting to turn a corner here. Uh, but moving on, looking ahead to this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not yet. We've got our player of the week. Still reflecting on this past week. Uh, before we get into it, uh, Jossie Zardes won over the weekend thanks to his brace, uh, including uh, who was it? including Connor's goal of the week. And then Daniel Shallowy won the Wednesday night award for his brace, um, including Drew's goal of the week. I did not vote on the weekend um, because of the wedding. I wasn't able to watch the games, so I didn't feel comfortable voting for it. But uh, last night, because of his stoppage time winner and great goal, I picked Anderson Julio. And then I also picked Dyron Asperia um, for, from Portland in their 2-1 win over LAFC. He had an assist and a goal. So he was very important for that win as Portland continues to cement their position going into the playoffs. Uh, Connor, who was your player of the week? My player of the week came from last night and a pretty good performance over the weekend as well. A man from Nova Scotia, the only highlight, apart from TFC's early season success, but we won't get into that, for TFC, Jacob Schaffelberg. Guy has been on fire, scored a goal, and got two assists last night, uh, quietly having a really good sort of last month, month and a half, and not really getting the credit. I could potentially see him factoring into the Canadian men's national team at some point with how well he's playing. Very, very quick as well. Uh, good winger. So I went with Jacob Schaffelberg, the legend from Nova Scotia. Drew, who did you go with? Because I didn't even see that this player did this. Yes, uh, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I will Google it super quickly. But I went with Raul Ruiz Diaz, who scored... Two goals in Seattle's 3-1 win against San Jose. He scored two, and Christian Roldan got the third in the 49th minute. Same with Raul Ruiz Diaz. Um, that might put him up first in the Golden Boot race. I might be insane. I might not be. It's close between him and Shallowy and Ola Kamara, who won Player of the Week last week. A lot of guys in the mix. He is second. He has 16 goals. Ola Kamara has 17. Shallowy has 15. And the refs have two players with 13. So it's getting tied up there. But I went with Raul Diaz getting two goals. It's getting him up there. Um, but he's also done up playing five more games. So Ola Kamara has been on tear. But Raul Diaz scored two goals against San Jose. So that got him my nod for player of the week. Now looking ahead to the last week, enough reflection. Josh, what is your game to watch for this upcoming weekend? I'm going with Orlando versus DC United. Uh, again, I've got my eyes on Orlando for all the wrong reasons because I'm just so curious to see how they manage what they're doing to themselves right now. This like implosion as they come down the stretch. Um, which, by the way, funny side note, Joseph Martinez scored his 100th career Atlanta goal last night across all competitions, right? Not just MLS. And then at the same time, Orlando managed to draw to where now Atlanta is back ahead of Orlando for the first time in about a year and a half. So uh, looks like a 
nature is restoring. It is, it is coming back to, back to itself. Thanks to Joseph scoring and Orla- and Atlanta being ahead of Orlando, but but yeah, I want to see what Orlando does. I want to see if DC can keep things going. Um, again, like we talked about, there's all these teams bunched up in the East right now. DC wins, they get to pull away from the pack a little bit. Orlando wins, they leapfrog DC, and then all of a sudden we got to start looking at what Philly and NYCFC and Atlanta and Montreal are doing because it's just crazy right now in the East. So that's a very big Eastern Conference matchup. So that's my game to watch, Connor. What's your game to watch this week? I think we should stick in the East, and we'll go to Drew next. Okay. I went with Nashville and NYCFC because, like Josh said, kind of that crapshoot in the Eastern Conference. It feels like Nashville is pretty secure in that second-place spot. They have 46 points compared to D.C.'s 40 40 points. Um, But when you talk about NYCFC, they're currently in fourth, tied on points with the Philadelphia Union, although the Union do have one game in hand. And getting in that top four means a lot because that means you're hosting a playoff game. And like Josh said, if Nashville does get the win against NYCFC, then NYCFC is possibly getting jumped by Orlando City if they win, LA United if they win, and Philadelphia if they win. So NYCFC really can't afford to lose a whole lot right now. And unfortunately for them, they have one of the best teams in the league in Nashville. And it is... At Red Bull Arena, which is freaking weird. But um, so it's really not at home, but kind of is. So NYCFC and Nashville got my game of the week vote. Connor, you got the good one. What is your game of the week this week? Well, I initially went with a different game. And I think I should say which game. I went with Colorado versus Seattle because those are two very good teams in the West facing off against each other. But last second, I decided to switch it up. And I'm going with the L.A. Derby. Just to piss off, Josh. Uh, That's not what it's called. Nobody calls it yes, that. Yes, it is. It's called the, the no LA Derby. No one uh, calls it that. Connor hates fun. Yes, I do hate fun. Uh, okay, Ooh. fine. I'll go El Trafico. How's that? Happy? Yay. Thank you. Yeah. That means the traffic yeah. in Spanish, by the way. It's such an original, oh. fun name. Uh, the second derby, by the way, named after traffic or a street or road <laughs> after Montreal and Toronto, 401 Derby, because 401 is a highway that connects Toronto and Montreal. But I went with El Trafico, LA Galaxy, LAFC, two teams very close in the standings to each other, fighting for playoff spots. That was my pick. That was my game to watch. And we have one thing left to do. Drew, are you prepared to do that? Is if it's a fantasy update, then that has a negative. I know Josh is really bad, and we're not much better. I, I can give you an update. I am still in last, except for that guy that didn't set up a single lineup all season, <laughs> which means I'm technically not in last, but I am in last. That's it. That's well, all I, I got. I'm pulling it up now <laughs> just to embarrass us that much further. I'm not embarrassed. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Josh, yes, you are still bringing up the rear by you're almost 200 points back. For, for, the, for the record, I'm about ready to give up on my fantasy football team as well. That oh, is really bad because we're sad. three weeks into the I season. I have a really bad team. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, fortunately, Drew, you are having a bit of a surge. You're now into 12th. Oh, uh, if I finish yeah. in single digits, I'm... <laughs> Comeback of the century. That would require you passing me, 
who I am currently in 10th, one point behind our good friend Blender Daddy's boys. Fall from grace. That man has, that boy has fallen from first to ninth, potentially getting passed by me. Uh, so that is an Orlando level collapse. But leading the league, a fellow TFC fan, older goaler, sitting in second, Goat Brexhay Nelson. Third, Peachy Swagger, sitting in fourth, Colorado Crapids. And sitting in fifth, Anelta FC. Overall, we all three need to improve because we're all abysmal, but Drew and Josh, I don't know if either of you set your lineups. I don't think you do at this point, but, you know, I'm the only person who does. And I'm, that says a lot. I but. think I had Stefan Fry as my goalkeeper all year, and he has only played in, like, five games. I had Chicharito in there for a while. All right, that makes my failures even worse. Unlike Josh, though, my fantasy football team is currently kicking butt. Whatever. Good to hear, good to hear fantasy football. If you want to hear more from Drew's fantasy football adventures, you can follow him on Twitter at... Underscore Drew Hubbard. the outro? Oh, oh, that's what you're doing. Oh, I was confused. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Drew Hubbard. You can find Josh to hear about his fantasy football struggles at Josh underscore Bullen. You can find Connor as he gets ready for the hockey season. Holy crap, hockey's almost here. The Canucks lost the Kraken, so I'm already done with hockey. <laughs> but you can find Connor at CWG. Hey, but, 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 Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes have reportedly agreed to contract extensions tonight. I had to get a podcast up because they talked about it before the news broke, and that was a very panicked rush. Two pretty good contracts. I'd be very happy with them if I were you. So Vancouver... Looking less bad. And Leafs Amazon series all or nothing comes out tomorrow slash potentially in an hour and a half as of us recording this. Uh, so if you want to watch complete and utter sadness, you can watch that. I don't know why you would. Maybe you're not a Leafs fan. Whatever. Continue your outro. Hey, I had to interject with that. There's that Tottenham one as well if you're into sadness. Yes, with Jose Mourinho, which is quite entertaining. If you're not into sadness, you can go to MLSMultiplex.com to check out all of our writers' really awesome stuff um, as they write about the season, as it goes on, as it wraps up here and teams make playoff pushes. So visit the website at MLSMultiplex.com. You can find the website on Twitter at MLSMultiplex. So give it a visit. Check it out on Twitter and stay up to date on all the MLS craziness. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please leave reviews on the podcast. We love hearing ways of how we can get better. So leave a review, keep listening, visit the website, and thanks as always, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write. 
so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.